Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julie Love. I'm your host. Today we are recording episode 96. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to another podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to introduce my book, which is called A Gift from Adversity, which is the same title as this podcast. And A Gift from Adversity is available on Amazon. And if you search A Gift from Adversity by Juri, J-U-R-I, love, you can easily find it. This is about my life. And the subtitle is Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. Can I stop there? Um, Let me introduce my guest. Hold on one second. All right. So Sally. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That's nice of you to invite me. Yes. So Sally, let's introduce um, you to our audience today. Um, Can you tell your name, where you're coming in from, and if you have a book or website or social media that you want to promote? Yes, yes. Well, my name is Sally Alter, and I come from London originally. I now live in Texas. I've been here 30 years but I don't have the accent. I didn't gather that yet. <laughs> so uh, I've, I'm a, an author. I've written five books now, and I'm starting my sixth one soon. I've written two books on bipolar disorder and um, one on loneliness, a poetry book, and I've just finished another book on bipolar. So I've been very busy. Well, do you have any website that people can come visit or social media that they can yes. find more? I have a page on social media on Facebook and it's just called Sally Alter. And I have a website that's again called Sally Alter. So it's easy to get in touch with sallyalter.com. Perfect. So what are the title of your books? One is How to Live with Bipolar. Another one is Bipolar Disorder Rescue Plan. Another one is uh, a practical guide to overcoming loneliness. And We Never Did Mornings is a poetry book. And I'm just finishing up the one now and it's called Symptoms of Bipolar Depression. So I've done a lot of work on bipolar. Thank you so much for sharing, Sally. Um, so if anyone has any questions, please type on the comment and we'll try to accommodate that. So let's dive into our first question, which mm-hmm. is the adversity. So can you tell our audience, what was your adversity? Well, it's hard to say there's one thing because I've had a life of adversity. <laughs> so it's been one thing after the other, really. But it's made me stronger and I've learned a lot. So my, my background is that I came from London, as I said, and both my parents died when I was very young, before I was 15. So I was, had a bad start in life. And as soon as my mother died when I was 15, I got bipolar disorder. And I've had that for all my life. I'm now 75, so it's been a long time. And I've had much adversity with that. It's been one thing after the other. 
living with bipolar is very, very hard indeed. It affects every part of your life. It affected my education. I couldn't do the schoolwork because I was always sick. And my work, I had lots of different jobs and nothing worked out. It was very, very difficult, you know, getting depression at work and then manic and anxiety, you know, one thing after the other. And it wrecked my marriages. I've had three marriages that didn't work out. And really, it's just been one, an unwanted guest trailing with me wherever I go. <laughs> it's been difficult. So let's go back to when you were 15. You said you lost your mom? Yes, yes. How did she pass? My father died when I was 10. And then my mother died when I was 15. I thought, you know, when my father died, I thought nothing could happen to my mother. You know, it's too much. I couldn't, I just couldn't imagine that at all. But she died. She had asthma. So she died of asthma. I mean, these days people don't die of asthma, but I'm going back a long way. So she died very young. She was only 54. When I got to be 54, I thought I would die as well, but I didn't. I'm still here. <laughs> well, um, so who took care of you after 15, after your father died and then your mom died? And I'm sorry to hear. And when you are 15 years old, you're still minor. Who took care of you? I went to live with a brother and his wife. They were, they were older than me. And that didn't work out at all well. That was pretty terrible too. I was there for a year, but um, his wife didn't like having me there at all. So she made it very obvious. And then one night he told me I had to leave in the morning so I took off in the middle of the night in my pajamas. I wasn't going to hang around. So I went to my sister and I stayed with her for another year. Then I lived on my own and got married and so on. Wow. So you mentioned about bipolar disorder. How did you get diagnosed? How did I get diagnosed? Uh, well, I, th I thought I must have bipolar because I kept having these mood swings. I, I almost diagnosed myself and I went to the doctor and I said, I'm really worried about all these mood swings I'm having. And he said, well, let's put you on lithium and see how that goes. So I took lithium for a while and I got a thyroid disease with that, which is quite common. And then they took it away from me in hospital to see whether I really was bipolar. <laughs> and that was terrible because I had a manic episode. So then they put me back on lithium again. And they said, yes, you do need it. So I've taken all kinds of drugs all my life. They keep giving you different ones and changing them. So some, some of them work, but some of them don't. So this was in London. Yes. And a couple of decades ago. Um, so 
after you got diagnosed and then got these medicines, how were you dealing with it? Like, what's the adversity that you you can specifically remember having bipolar disorder? Well, like I said, it affected my schooling and my work life. But I did have a, a period where I was very well. And I worked as a nurse. I got my RN, so I worked as a nurse. And uh, that worked out for 11 years. I was pretty well on that. But the, uh, the thing that got me was traveling. I did a lot of traveling. And every time I traveled, I got sick. But I still like traveling. <laughs> So I went to all different places all over Europe and I lived in Malta for four years. Do you know where Malta is? No. <laughs> it's a tiny little island. It's very small. You don't even see it on the map. And it's in the middle of the Mediterranean, south of Italy. And I lived there for four years. It was wonderful. And I was pretty well when I was there. And I lived in Scotland and I was quite well there. But then I went, to, I went back to Europe and traveled all around Europe and got sick again because it was menopause and it came on with menopause. And since that time, it's been very difficult. So um, when people say hear about bipolar, like I don't really have much of understanding how it's affecting like does it come like a certain time of the day does it come like different it triggers something does it trigger is there any specific thing that causes it they don't know the cause of bipolar even now they've tried several different things they think that it may be genetic which is possible you know my mother had depression so it's possible and they think it might have come from trauma as a child, which obviously I had that. And then um, the other thing is biological, you know, the balance of chemicals in the brain. But none of these theories have been approved of. So they don't really know what causes it. So you mentioned your age and um, obviously nowadays mental health um, medicines in understanding of the bipolar or um, different things are more open and available. When you are growing up in London, Woody's talk had a lot of stigma. Um, were you, did you get bullied or like, you no? Know, did you have any worries about telling people about it? Yes, there's a lot of stigma attached to bipolar disorder or any mental health disease. And you have to just put up with it, really, because people don't know any better. The only way they can, that you can um, get rid of the stigma is to teach people about bipolar, which is what I've done in my books. So I'm hoping to educate people. And once you're educated, then you don't have that fear, because there's a lot of fear involved. You know, people think they're going to catch it or something. It's not contagious. <laughs> it's a disease that's, that's made up of bipolar, it's depression and mania or hypomania. And all these episodes can go on for a certain amount of time. They don't come 
necessarily from different things that have affected you. Sometimes they do, but often they come out of the blue. So you're not expecting them. Yeah, I cannot imagine. Um, so I grew up in Japan. And um, just sorry about that. Don't worry. So I grew up in Japan and I was heavily abused physically, sexually, verbally from my father. And then nobody obviously talked about these things and then um, abuse, sexual abuse especially. And then I didn't know that I had PTSD from it until I was 22. So moving to America truly educated me. It still had a stigma like 20 years ago. But I feel like, especially after the global pandemic, it's getting easier. But for me to talk about it like this, yeah, or whatever, it was was never possible and then it was never possible for me to even say a word father without breaking down in tears like yes long 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 way so sally can you describe back in the day in london you said it had a stigma what was the stigma look like for you it's um there's a stigma attached to it Everywhere. I mean, in America, it's just as bad or perhaps worse, especially in the South where I live. You know, this is, they call it the Bible Belt. And so <laughs> there's a lot of stigma here. They think something's, you've got a devil in you or something. But uh, it's not something you can control. You can, it's treatable with medications, as I said, but it's not controllable. It's not curable at all. It's a lifelong disease. So you have to put up with the depression and the mania. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And so growing up in London, um, not about the bipolar, losing your parents at such a young age, that itself is such a big adversity. How was your mental health stage, if you remember or recall, when you are like after 10 years old of losing your father at 10 and then 15, your mom, like how were you feeling? Do you remember any of the feeling of grief or frustration? Well, I don't think, this is strange because in my family, there was no mention of feelings. You couldn't talk about your emotions at all. So you couldn't be happy or sad or angry. Nobody wanted to hear about it. My there was a lot of silence in my family. So nobody communicated their feelings. And then when I got bipolar, it's the absolute opposite. I was thinking about this last night because First of all, I wasn't allowed to feel anything. And then suddenly with bipolar, you can't stop it. It's exaggerated. So I was able to feel everything. Wow. 
Wow. So in Japan, we have this word, neko kaburu, which means to wear a cat mask. So when you go to a social setting or work, even at school, we are not allowed to show our emotion. And then we really culturally um, stay the same level and really fit in the majority society. So that's our culture. Yes. I don't know if England has that kind of culture or it was just your family. I think in those days it was more normal, whereas today people are more open. Um, in America, they're very open with their feelings. So it's a different thing altogether, really. But um, I've not really... I've not really um, thought about the effect that it's had on me. I think that um, overall it's it's made me a better person. I've learned a lot. I have to say in America, coming to America for me, people have more of a direct communication where Japan, we don't say the feeling or things, confrontational things at the moment, but we boil it inside for like a several months or like a years. And then, then we say it later on or maybe we talk about it. And I had to rewire, train myself that direct communication at that very moment is American style that I never knew. And I got in a big trouble in a way that lack of communication led to let me to a bigger anxiety or the problem got way bigger because of my training in Japan and yeah. to not speak out and just to be fit in a society. However, this country I feel like almost requires you to be direct momentum. And then people will say, why didn't you say that? Two weeks ago when this happened, you know? Yes. So I had to like rewire. So it's interesting to hear that you are from England and I'm from yes. Japan. And then right. we both came to America. <laughs> and then we have to kind of learn the American style. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Well, I've been here a long time. I should know by now. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is the longest I've been anywhere at all. How did you come to America? I married a man from New York. I met him in London. And we stayed in London for a while. And then we bought a house in Cornwall, which is the most beautiful place. It's, it's southwest of England. And it's right on the sea. It's just perfect. And then we sold that place and came to America and bought a camper van, or rather a motorhome. And we went traveling for six years in the motorhome all over the country. Oh, wow. I was very lucky to do that. I traveled all over. And you mentioned earlier the bipolar kind of affected your marriage. You said yes. times. How did it affect? Well, when you get depressed, you don't um, 
you're not able to communicate properly. You're not able to communicate with your husband you know, because you feel too down all the time and crying all the time and sleeping a lot, mostly sleeping all the time. So it's very difficult when you've got depression to carry on a good marriage and you, you don't have the energy to do anything. You know, like making dinner is a huge effort. And after a while, you just can't do it at all. And then mania is the opposite, where you've got so much energy, you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> and obviously in, in a marriage, that's no good either. You know, you're all over the place. You're so excited about everything. <laughs> Everything's just, you're, it's like you're walking on air. You're just loving everything. And you think you're invincible. But when you're in a marriage, it doesn't work at all. So that didn't go down too well. I got two divorces, one in two in England. And then my husband that brought me to America, he committed suicide. So I had that. So that was a very, very difficult time. Wow. How long were you married to the husband who unfortunately committed suicide? Um, 18 years. Yes, I was married 18 years. But this is a long time ago now. I think it's 22 years now. So a lot of water's gone under the bridge. I didn't do anything for a long time. You know, I had a long period of grief and anger because I was so angry with him for doing that. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing this, Sally. It's been a pleasure. And I just wanna tell you and an audience, each time people say, well, I lost my father, I lost my mother, and that itself is a huge trauma. Yes. When you say I have bipolar, that's a huge trauma and a challenge. Challenge, and then on top of that, your husband committed suicide. That is a significant amount of adversity as well. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So I've had a life of it. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you sharing your adversity on this podcast. Now I would like to move to the second question. This is by far my favorite part of the podcast and I appreciate each one of the guests from all over the world. This is episode 96, almost 100. And the part that I is these are the tools that the people who went through a real challenges and adversities in their lives, sharing what worked. And that's been serving me a lot too. Sally, can you tell us what are the tools that you use to overcome these multiple adversities that work for you? Well, after my husband's suicide, like I said, I, I couldn't cope with anything at all. I was in a, a long period of grief. So that went, I guess it was 20, probably 20 years, it's a long time. The 20 years just flew by, but I did nothing. I, I just had a, 
a nothing life. <laughs> I did absolutely nothing. I didn't work. I didn't do anything. I was retired, so I didn't do anything. But the way I got myself out of it is to just keep on, just keep going. Don't give up. When things are bad, you don't say, oh, I've, I've had it. This is too much. Just keep going and doing the next thing. And that's what I've always done. And also I found a therapist who's been extremely helpful. I went to him this two days after my husband died and I've been with him for 22 years. So <laughs> he knows all about me and I know all about him. <laughs> but he's been marvelous. He's really helped me a lot. Because I, I got rid of all the anger. I was five years in terrible state of anger and I got rid of that with his help, it was very helpful. And also you mentioned earlier that you wrote books. Yes, well, I didn't start writing till I was 73 and I've written five books since. So it's been all go. And it's been very cathartic for me to write about these things. And I'm, I help lots of people all over the world because I write for Quora. Do you know Quora? No? It's an international website. And it's a question and answer website. So a person puts a question on there and somebody else answers it. And I've been working on Quora for two years. And I've written over 4,000 answers. So, <laughs> it's a lot of answers. And that's really helped me a lot. What's the website again, Quora? Q -U it's called Quora. Q-U-O-R-A. Quora. Quora. Okay. I think I've yeah. heard of it. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And then yeah. how would you say one of the tools to overcome your adversity by writing book is going? Yes, it's definitely working because I'm doing much, much better. I'm feeling well now. I'm happy about my life. Everything's going smoothly now. Hopefully. <laughs> Say that and hopefully it will. But at the moment, things are going very well for me. Sally, I have a question. When you're writing about your bipolar disorder on the book format, did you feel you are reliving with your pain? Did you feel like a lot of emotion because when I wrote my book, A Gift from Adversity, this book, there's a chapter that I talk about what I was getting sexually abused. Yes. And I needed to write that, but then when I, I felt compelled to write that, but when I was writing it, I started to shake, I started to cry. And it's, I, I would say that's one of the most powerful part of my book. Yes, I'm sure. So did you have those kind of believing um, the pain or the memories when you're writing a book? Yes, all my books have got ha anecdotes from my life in. So I've written all about the different things that have happened to me over the years. So, you know, if you read my books, you'll know all about me. 
And have you gotten any feedback from people from all over the world? Did you get messages or did you like get some feedback about your book? Yes, I've got lots of good reviews on Amazon. Yes, it's been very, it's nice. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm happy that I'm helping people. You know, with um, when you talk from experience, people listen to you. Yes, absolutely. Is there any other tools that was helpful besides the therapy and then the writing about your experience that worked for you? Well, one thing I did was travel, as I said. I was always into traveling. And I found that that's very therapeutic when you're down and everything's going wrong. If you travel somewhere, it really lifts you up. And you learn about different cultures and different places. So that and really... Maybe different languages and different food. Sure, different experiences. I have a brother in Australia and I've been there three times. So that's been quite an eye-opener. I feel like when you talk about multiple level of trauma and adversities, sometimes you feel so stuck in your brain. And in my case, wherever I am, when I get to that stage of panic attack or down spiral of thinking about what happened in my life, I can't get out of it. And I've traveled to, say, for instance, Spain, Israel, um, two countries in Africa, Senegal, Ghana. I remember going to these places. I don't remember like because of the same stimulation or different challenges to your either navigating the town or the language, tasting different foods. I found it not destructive, but to be very um, helpful to get out of your past and then trauma. Mm -hmm. Yes, as I said, I like to travel and it, it really does help. It takes your mind off things. But I've had a lot of bad experiences from traveling as well, you know, with bipolar, because it doesn't take, it's not really good to go to different time zones, especially taking medications on the plane. It's very difficult to know what to take when. You know, is it evening or is it morning? <laughs> it's very hard to, do, to say. So it is difficult in that way. And this has made me very ill on occasion, like going to Australia. I've had um, a long depressive episode because of that when I was in Australia. But I managed to overcome it. I think all this is about overcoming your challenges, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And then I appreciate you sharing your experience and wisdom and tools. And um, I started this platform because obviously there are so much stigma talking about the mental health and adversities and difficult things. But I didn't want this podcast to be somewhere that you just complain, but some 
inspirational and tangible tools that people can use to overcome these challenges like you had experienced, I had experienced. And then by sharing it, like your book, or by you asking four thousand answers on Quora, I think we are at the stage that I believe that this is this should not be a stigma. This should be a group effort that we can share through the internet or like podcasts like right now. So that people can take away something so they don't have to suffer among us i suffer coincidence yeah so that's really my mission of this podcast so i really appreciate you sally yes mm -hmm. so let's move on to the last question that i have which is a gift that came from your adversity so how would you say a gift that came from well it's made me more aware of people you know other people how they're feeling it's really helped me in my life many things but i think i've i've grown a tremendous amount from it and i've learned lots of different things you know it makes you stronger so it's been a, a gift that i can now write books i think that's been amazing i never thought i would do that <laughs> And that's because of Quora. If I hadn't started writing on Quora, I wouldn't have had the the um, courage to write books. So I've been very lucky now. Well, thank you very much, Sally. My last request for you is for people who are suffering with bipolar disorder or know somebody or family member, your spouse who are suffering with bipolar disorder, do you have any advice for them? For that, the ones that are suffering, that they definitely stay on your medication. That's one thing I really, really think is important. You know, some people, they like to go off their medication because they think, oh, I can't keep taking medication all the time. But then they get sick and they get worse. They have to have more medication and often end up in hospital. And it can also make them suicidal. So it's definitely worth staying on your medication with bipolar. That's my biggest piece of advice. I'm an advocate for, for medication. And for people looking after other people with bipolar, I think you need to have um, knowledge. That's the best thing you can find. If you learn more about bipolar, you will understand it. Otherwise, you don't understand what's going on. So read all you can about it and look at um, YouTube videos. There's lots of them. And read articles, go on Google. There's lots of things about it. Just learn all you can about it and that will help you and your loved one. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Sally, it's been so lovely talking to you. Thank you. And then shout out to our mutual friend, Wanako, who introduced us. And thank you very much for having me. That's very kind of you. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into another episode of A Gift from Adversity.
My name is Julie Love. I will see you next time. Okay.